What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House, episode two, I think season five. It's crazy we've been going this long. Uh, got our guests on, Shanti Stewart, Matt of University of South Carolina. He does his own broadcast. He did such a great job last time, not to mention his takes on Twitter be great. As a matter of fact, if y'all follow Matt Sports House on Instagram, half of the stuff I submit to my story is Tease's uh, takes. Tease, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be back on, bro. It's always a good time when we link up, man. You already know it's going to be good takes. You know what I'm saying? Sensible. It's going to be good discourse all, all the way around, bro. So I'm happy to be back. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, I've been listening to so much Colin Cowherd as of recently. I constantly be like, you're listening to the Met Sports House. Like, you know how they kind of keep <laughs> it. I say it like in the back of my head. I'm like, no, we tripping. But without further ado, welcome to the Sports House. Football, but this one I really wanted to talk about with the NFL. But before we get into the NFL, I have to mention uh, South Carolina football. The, you see that ESPNU has this series going on with South Carolina football right now. Yeah, I saw I, I saw the the advertisement before. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. It's been working, but I mean, I I, I, I mean, I need to catch up on it. All right, that's, that's the matter. I'll probably catch up on it today at some point. Yeah, yeah, same. I've been like looking at it. I, I saw a couple of like highlights of it on Twitter and people are really excited about it. People just kind of want to see behind the uh, curtains of what Shane Beamer and the, uh, the game clocks have going on. Let me ask you, this before the season starts, you know, South Carolina's college football plays the South just in general. What are your expectations of uh, Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler, Bell and the, the whole team this year? To be realistic, I, I initially... When we when we got Spencer Rattler, I said, "Look, six games has to be the floor. Uh, six games will have to be the floor. Eight games will be the ceiling. Um, if you can get eight regular eight regular season wins with that schedule, bro, to have a chance to get nine wins in year two will be a, such a huge jump considering what like what you did going into year one. Going into year one, flipping that schedule around to be a six and six team in the regular season, getting that seventh win with Spencer Rattler, the ceiling is much higher because of the the." the I mean, we haven't had a quarterback this good, honestly, or this highly touted since what, Steven Garcia? That's what I was thinking. So, so like, you know, to have, have a quarterback with this much potential and actually have NFL pro, actually have a, a chance of being an NFL quarterback, I got to think, man, getting the eight wins in the regular season is very much possible. I've seen takes where people believe we can get the 10. That's if everything goes right. If yeah. everything goes right, 10 wins could be there. But if, if I'm being realistic, I'd say seven and five would be where, where I think the Gamecocks would end up at by, by the end of the regular season. Do you think this is the year that uh, Van, because, you know, obviously Sha Smith is gone. Uh, Van, do you think this is the year that Van steps up have an outstanding year? Because you got Spencer Rattler, and I think we all established that Bell's a pretty good, reliable, whether you put him in the slide, he's a tight end, or maybe he's lined up like at that B-back running back position. But which receiver do you kind of think he might step up this year? You know, Josh Van had a good year last year. He definitely elevated himself from the from from the ashes of 
playing behind, you know, Brian Edwards, Debo, Shai Smith for all those years. He had he elevated last year to wide receiver one. But the kid I'm most excited about, though, is Antoine Wells out of James Madison. Um, a slot, a slot receiver, smaller guy. He's one of those types of receivers that he's consistently, he can consistently win the route. He's a slot guy. He's like, 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 the, like a Devontae Adams type, like a Hunter Renfro type that just, you know, 90, 90% of the time, if I, if he's lined up, if he's lined up in the slot, he can win. Whether it's a slant, whether, you know, whether it's an out route, whether it's one of those whip routes, he's a guy that can consistently win in camp. And I mean, and so far in camp, he's been he's been one of the standouts on the offensive side of the ball. So I think Antoine Wells, to me, is the pro, is is a guy I'm looking at to be a standout in that wide receiver room. Okay, and that running back, uh, everybody was excited about the highly touted Marshawn Lloyd, right? Yeah. What do you see? And then there's another back. I can't think of his name right now. I think uh, of course Christian Bill Smith. Yeah. So what, yeah, what do you wait for that backfield this year? Well, let me actually before I ask you that, is this a pass first team this year or is this a run first still? Honestly, it just by sheer talent, it should be a pass first team with, with Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, Antoine Wells, Josh Van, a guy like Corey Rucker, who I who another who's another kid I I really like. Oh, oh, I think may may not get as much. We'll probably only get as, a lot of praise because him being Darius Rucker, Darius Rucker's nephew or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think you should be a pass first team based off the talent and the quarterback play as well. But uh, that running that, that that backfield with with Lloyd, Bill Smith, and Juju McDowell, I like what they can bring. I really like what they can bring. It should be a it should be a compliment. It should probably lean more towards the passing game, 60-40. You shouldn't have to rely heavily on e- on either front though. I think you should be able to just have a nice balance and be able to run your offense as as even keel as possible. And I think Juju is the one that was the speedster. They were saying at last season, they're like, we just got to give him the ball more. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in that backfield. And I have to mention the defensive backfield as well. You got Darius Rush on one side. You got Cam on the other. If you're looking at Darius Rush, has really elevated his play. Like, I feel like throughout really? the SEC, he's kind of – obviously, he's not like probably like a top guy in the SEC right now. A lot of people still don't know about him. But he's definitely like, – there's like a, a pin on his name. Like, hey, that's some guy we got to look out for. He – you know, because I think he started out as a wide receiver when he, yeah. when he initially came to South Carolina. And the transition he's made – even last year, you saw you. I saw it a lot. You saw it a lot of times where he's in great position. He finds himself in great position for the majority of the time. Whether he makes every play or not, either here or there. But uh, the the bowl game the, uh, against against North Carolina, he showed up really well. Yeah, he had he had like he had, had a lot of big plays. Um, I got I got his. He's not gonna. He doesn't get a lot. Doesn't get the ball as much as you would, as you would like. But for a defensive for any defensive back, as long as you're putting yourself in position. You make most of your play by putting yourself in the right position. Darius Rush is one of those guys that puts himself in position. And, he, and again, he's a longer corner. Uh, him and Cam Smith both are, lo- are longer guys, athletic. Um, having that sense of playing of playing offense for the majority of his career prior to moving to defensive back, I think, helps him transition much like a Richard Sherman type. You know, remember Richard Sherman, same thing at, at Stanford. Uh, former wide receiver, transitioned to playing defensive back, and when he really locked in on playing defensive back and he really got, you know, got his, got his feet underneath him, you start to see him elevate. I think this is a guy that's not like Richard Sherman, of course. I don't know how well his mental is as far as understanding the game, but from an athletic standpoint, can do everything you want him to do as a top-end corner. I think this year will probably be the year that you, that you start to see that tandem of him and Cam Smith really be probably a top-five group as far as cornerback tandems in the SEC. 
Yeah, I think they definitely woke some people up. So the expectations will be there. So be interested to see if they can uh, fulfill them. We're going to change gears real quick. We got a lot of quarterback talk, but I do want to mention a name that you're seeing popped up a lot on NFL Network and different media outlets throughout training camp in Pittsburgh. You got George Pickens coming out of Pittsburgh. It was the Steelers, uh, what is it, the second round, 52, 52nd pick in the draft. Yep. Came off that injury, ended the year off pretty well again with Georgia last year, obviously, and they're running to that national championship. Championship, you know that he was that one of those receivers that had a little bit of edge to him. Put big guy, I think he's like what six foot three, 195 pounds. Um, yeah, he was a highly touted guy coming out of high school because otherwise, you and I went to Georgia. But you said, have you seen him emerge throughout camp and even the touchdown he had? What was that yesterday in the preseason game? Oh, yeah, I see, I seen the touchdown live yesterday. And you know, the one thing about George Pickens is that he, he stayed injured so much at South at, at, at the University of Georgia that we never got to really see what he could be. We knew he was an athletic freak. We know he's we know he's as, as physical as they come as far as mentality and how and, and, and I mean I mean I mean we see it. His, his signature play is literally pushing the defensive back on his behind as soon as he gets off the line. Like I mean he, he he's a guy that he enjoys playing that type of brand of football. And so and here's the thing he's got all the skills to be a great wide receiver. So along with having that dog mentality having having all of the skills and having all the physical ability man you're talking about a kid I can see him he easily crosses a, a thousand yards this year just because of the sheer amount of games that you know he'll he'll be playing in this season. But um, you're talking about a guy that easily be your wide receiver one by next year. Deontay Johnson's still probably that guy for me right now for Pittsburgh, but but George Pickens, bro, he he brings it. He's got that it factor. He's a, he's he's just a, honestly he's just a football player, not even just a wide receiver. He's a, he's a straight up football player. And he definitely brings that dog mentality to that wide receiver room. They have good receivers there, but this guy, like you said, he prides himself, and it seems like the rest of the country knows him. As, he's the one that's going to get the DB the long day physically. We're not even yeah. now, obviously he can go run, he can go catch passes, but you better be like if you. A lot of times, you know, receivers come off the line if the run play is not coming their direction. You and the DB kind of have an unknown thing. Like, okay, we're yeah, <laughs> not going to get there. I'm the DB's going there for support. He's not hitting nobody, and we just take this play off. George right. Pickens, you gotta keep your head on that swivel because he enjoys yeah. knocking on your behind. So yeah, he, he enjoy he enjoy he enjoys playing the physical side of this game, man. Yeah, so definitely interested to watch that. And just the Steelers just keep knowing how to pick those wide receivers. I don't know what they, I don't know what their their philosophy is on getting receivers in the draft, but they hardly miss. Man, you think about the guys like if, even if we exclude Hans Ward and, and Antonio Brown, who are going to be like all time, all time greats when it's all said and done, talk about guys like Santonio Holmes, who, who, who had a very productive career, Mike Wallace, who had a very productive career, Martavis Bryant, before all the suspensions and everything came, he was very productive. A lot of guys, and now you see Deontay Johnson, he, he, he rose to the top even this past season. They are consistent in being able to find receiver talent. Put it out there on the field and have it and have it blossom. I'm I, I'm forgetting one, Emmanuel Sanders as well, another awesome. one of those Pittsburgh guys. So I mean, they they just they have a long history, at least for the last 15 years, of being able to draft receivers, develop them, and have them produce at a high level. And since you're talking about still the receivers, I was going to talk about this later. Might as well bring it up now. Juju Smith-Schuster, that's another one out of Southern Cal. They ended up drafting, ended up doing well. I want to ask you now, since we're going to more so quarterback talk and just you know things of that nature. So now Tyreek Hill is gone. Patrick Mahomes is still out there in Kansas City. Juju Smith-Schuster has joined that team. How good of a fit do you think Juju is with that team in Kansas City? And do you think Patrick Mahomes could keep getting the job done? As far as Juju with that, as far as Juju with that team, 
I think there's a whole philosophy change now with, Ty- with, with Tariq Hill going. So I think under the new version of this Chiefs offense, he may fit. If I'm just looking at off of just purely my eye test and what I've seen you, you do, I don't th- I don't believe so. He'll be successful because I mean just by just by the sheer fact of having Patrick Mahomes being yeah. his quarterback, he will have success. But as far as just how he fits on the on in his offense, I think he'll fit as much as they'll allow him to fit. I don't think he'll be a I don't, I don't think he's gonna be the key piece to, to that receiving core. I think a guy like Sky Moore thing was I think out of Western Michigan. He's a guy that can really fly. I got a really I got a really like I think he adds adds that speed element back to the offense that you lost in Tariq Hill. Obviously not at the same capacity because look, we've never seen a receiver like Tariq Hill be able to move that fast, that consistently, and continuously get behind defense for this many years. Uh, Nicole Hardman, I think we'll see him elevate as well. I think he's a guy that could not elevate with the last group because, I mean, think about Hill's going to go for about 1,400 yards a season. Travis Kelsey's catching about 1,300. So where were the left of the yards left? Where were the rest of those yards going? They were kind of dispersed out, dispersed about amongst the rest of the guys there in that receiving room. But I think Hardman really takes a step up, and I think we'll really see what Miko Hardman has to say and has to prove in order to show that he's he's a, a suitable replacement for Tariq Hill. I think you put that really well, because I had always thought that, but the way you put that was really well. It's like, okay, with the supporting cast they had, he was always going to be the extra guy. But yep. now, now it's your time to shine. He came out of Georgia too, right? Yep, Georgia guy. Georgia speedster. Uh, and, and Patrick Mahomes, just in that division, that division is what, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Chargers? Yep, Broncos. So, do they do they win the division? Because Herbert, hey, the, the expectation of Herbert is sky high. So, do they even uh, make when come out of that division, or do you see? And by the way, I was in Vegas. That Raiders facility is amazing. Yeah, it is. Hey, that thing is crazy, man. If if I had to put a if I had to bet off straight up right now, no, the Chiefs don't win that division. Okay. If you had to ask me who wins that division, though, I think it's probably between. The Raiders and the and the Chargers is because all just because both of those teams seem to have the most com- complete groups. Um, I want to go with the Broncos. I, I, uh, nah, I, I, I said Raiders, Raiders and Chargers. I meant to say Chargers and uh, Broncos. I mean. Okay. Um, Chargers and Broncos mainly because they have the most complete groups. Uh, obviously having Russell Wilson on offense with Jerry Judy, uh, Corey, Cor- uh, Corey Sutton, Cortland Sutton. I can't remember. Cortland Sutton, not SMU. Yes, sir. I know you're talking. Yeah, about. exactly. Uh, Cortland Sutton. I think uh, Melvin Gordon's on that roster as well, off at running back. Um, so yeah, so that's a solid group. And, and again, you're gonna see Russell Wilson take that group to the next level. You're gonna see Jerry Judy look like Jerry Judy's gonna look like what we all thought he could be coming out. He just has he just hasn't had the quarterback play over. I mean, having Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, these are both quarterbacks that just we know they don't elevate talent. They kind of play within the scheme, but Wilson's a guy that can play outside of the scheme, can make big plays. Having a guy, having guys like those two will, will definitely help out with that. But then on the other side of the ball, having guys like a like a Bradley Chubb, a Patrick Sertan, you know, a lot of a lot of those young guys that they have that are that are contributing right now on the defensive side of the ball, they're ready to go right now. And that's what the trade was for. The trade that trade to get Russell Wilson was because they believe that they have a roster right now that's ready to go win. Adding the quarterback now could take it over the top. Now, the Chargers, on paper, the Chargers should definitely be a playoff team and should definitely have a chance to finish top two in that division. But they got to put it all together. Yeah. Seen them lose a bunch of close games. At some point, I mean, Herbert's going into year three. This is the year, this is the moment now where we got to start seeing you really be a top, that, that top five quarterback. Everybody's putting you in that. Everybody's already putting him in that echelon. 
but he's got to go win football games. There's no more, oh, he throws the ball great here, looks great there. Like, you have to win games. At the end of the day, all we care about is are you winning games? Are you in the playoffs? Do you have a chance to compete for titles? And they have not done that. So I would think this would be the year that they, they, that they materialize into something great. But I think Denver, to me, probably is the one that edges it out at, in the end. Yeah, that confidence you can have in Russell Wilson to get the job done. Like, you, there's a certain confidence you have with a certain quarterback in the league that they're going to be able to get the job done when they need to the most. You're 100% right. They've been putting Herbert in that same conversation as Joe Burrow, like, as the next tier. And I'm just like, yo, guys, let's hold up a lot. It was funny because I were out of, of college, out of Oregon. I was like, okay, Herbert, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I just see the media loves him. They love yeah. him. They think he's the next guy up. Obviously, of the Mike Williams and everybody else out there. What's the brothers, the defensive end from Ohio State, Bosa? He's Bosa, out there. Yep. As well. So they got a stacked roster. That division has sneakily become one of the Brutal. better divisions. And between them and that, what is the AFC North with the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah. The brutal. The AFC as a whole is brutal as far as just quarterback play alone. Yeah, Think about the amount of a young, bright quarterback that are in that side, they're in that conference, bro. It is a free for all as far as who's going to finish in the top five, who's going to make the playoffs. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be should be a lot of great football. Yes, sir. Absolutely. You kind of I'm glad you kind of broke down the Broncos. That was my next thing. You kind of broke that down for me. But yeah, Cortland Sutton. I remember watching them play at SMU. I was on a visit out there and I, they had him. I think Trey Quinn was the other guy. He had been at LSU and he transferred out there and step step who is either was the offensive coordinator or wide receivers coach at Arkansas when Chad Morris was there. But anyway, I saw yeah. Cortland Sutton. That brother's six foot four, six foot five. He just looked like he did not look like he belonged at SMU. It's like, why is he not <laughs> at Bama? Like, dude looks like it was huge. And so, obviously, he, they continue to grow Judy on that other side with Russell Wilson driving the driving the boat. There should be no excuse that that team should not be dominant this year. Exactly. I mean, that's a team that went, like, then they won seven games last year. Yeah. With with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke starting. And honestly, if Teddy Bridgewater doesn't get hurt in the middle of that, of that season, I think they probably sneak into that last spot, you know, sneak into that last wild card spot. They're a team that's that they're ready, they're ready to win right now. That's the thing. That, that's the team that's ready to go right now. The Chargers should have the biggest jump though of any team. They, they should probably go from you know being middle of their division to being a, a, a number one seed team in the blink of an eye, just based off the talent. And I'll just you know, think about guys like Khalil Mack that they added. Um, I think they added, they, they added a, a defensive back as well. Um, I can't I can't remember the name, but they've added some pieces. That should help them take that next step, though, for sure. Absolutely. And we're going to go here to Carolina. That's your team. <laughs> What's going on? We got Sam Darnold. Like he's trying to make a play there to stay there. Baker, I love Baker. As a matter of fact, I saw on Twitter yesterday, Baker in the blue. I'm like, that's where he belongs. I'm rocking with him. And he was a starter for the preseason game. And then he got Matt. Matt from Ole Miss. Who had yeah. a hot take? Did you see when he said that if he would have really thought about it and wanted to go to a competitive environment, he probably would not have gone to Ole Miss? I was like, boy, that was a hot little take. wild to say. You know, I, I think that's I, I wouldn't have said that personally. Um, but yeah, I, look, the quarterback battle goes like this: it's Baker's job to lose. Yeah. It's always been Baker's job to lose. I mean, I think the posturing that they're doing with Sam Darnold is simply to up his value amongst other NFL teams and say, look, if you need a quarterback, we have one right here that can, that they can start for you. It's just that they would, that would mean that somebody would be dumb enough to say, we're going to take on $18 million worth of Sam Darnold to have him be our quarterback, even though we don't, I, but here's the thing. If your season's 
if you have a chance to win, why in God's name would you be calling up for Sam Darnold anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, like they, they, the logic there just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but that's the situation they find themselves in because they paid Sam Darnold before he ever played a game for them. But um, Matt Corral, from what I've heard in practice, from what I've heard and what I've seen from training camp, everybody seems to love him. Uh, even guys like Steve Smith, he said he, he thinks he's got the right stuff. I think what we saw the other day against the, against the Washington Commanders was a guy that was playing with a bunch of, a bunch of guys that won't be on any – at the rosters come this fall. Yeah. So I, I I don't I didn't take much from that. I mean, it, it, did he look a little jittery? Yes. Did he out of all the rookie quarterbacks that played this weekend, did he look the worst? Unfortunately, yes. But <laughs> that, that but, but this is one of those things where like none of these games count, none of these games truly matter. And he's gonna sit behind he's gonna sit behind Baker Mayfield anyway. So the hope is that he develops throughout the course of the season. Um, and I, I, my biggest hope for him is that he can become QB two. Yeah. If he can become QB two this year, then I think we're set up great. And we, ha- we have, now we, we will have a tough decision to make at the end of the year, because I do think Baker Mayfield is going to give us a great chance to be successful, have consistent success offensively. I think he'll help DJ more elevate to a, to a top 10 level at his position. I think he'll help elevate the rest of his offense just by the sheer fact that he's going to be the most consistent quarterback we've had in quite some time in Carolina, especially in the, in the Matt rule era, he'll be the most consistent quarterback we've had as far as his talent, where he put, where he placed the ball and his competitive nature and being able to make some of those big time throws that you have to make in order to win key games. And I just think too, like if Baker Mayfield, depending on the type of fan you are, if you're a conservative fan, you might not be a fan, but when he goes to that press conference, he's going to tell you what he thinks. He's leading that team. Remember whenever he first came out of Cleveland or he first got to Cleveland, he was calling out vets. And they're like, yo, yo, Baker, Baker, you got to relax. You ain't even in the league that long. (laughs) But he's that kind of guy. And for me, I like a quarterback like that personally. Absolutely. I think a guy that people can rally around, a guy that, you know, players rally around and fans can buy into. I mean, we haven't had a quarterback in Carolina. We haven't had a quarterback that we can buy into since Cam Newton. And that's, that's no, that's no debate with that. At least with Baker, um, we can at least feel we can buy into a quarterback again, at least with with his personality and his demeanor. You, that's a guy you want to root for. He's a guy I would hate to play against because of how, how much he talks and how, and how he carries himself. But as far as playing with and playing for, Man, you would have a lot of. I, I, I gotta imagine it's a lot of fun for the guys that like. Absolutely. So let me hit you with this one. So what do you think about the Deshaun Watson thing? How how do you predict this goes? Obviously, Judge Robinson says six games. It seems like the NFL is trying to go for a whole season. The Deshaun said, I think he would take eight games with like a five million dollar fine. Uh, what do you predict happens with that situation? What do I predict? I'll be honest, man. This one's so so new it's because like, we haven't had a situation where the nfl has pushed so hard for a guy to get an entire year suspension um if i had to bet i would probably say eight games is, is where he, is where this lands at and that's the, and that's the number i thought was a was a good number um considering it considering all the information and how they judge things like this in the past eight games would be fair the five million dollar fine also as, as well even 12 games i thought was pushing it but i thought 12 games Will still be within within bounds. Uh, an entire year, I can't I, I can't get behind it because the NFL has never done it before, and right. that's the and, that, and that's the thing people have to understand. Like the people that are saying that you know they the NFL shouldn't be able to suspend them for an entire year is not because we think we it's not because we have any personal judgment about the case whatsoever and what happened within it. 
is, is that the NFL has set a precedent of not suspending guys that long for these types of accusations. We've we, I mean, we've seen it plenty of times where the NFL won't even react until there's video evidence out. And with this case in particular, all we have is the word of the victims, which should be taken seriously. But we've seen how the NFL has done this before. If there's no video evidence or no, or no, or no picture evidence or anything, they judge on the lighter side of the spectrum when it comes down to how much they, how, how long of a suspension they would they want to levy out. Okay, and you so you're saying you think eight games? Uh, I I think the four. Oh, what is it? originally the six was a little light due to that and due to the fact of how the Tom Brady situation had worked out. Now it's four for deflating footballs. But I think Deshaun Watson probably will find his way on the season. It's crazy because, like I said, this last week of the one with Thomas. Like, Cleveland? Oh, they're in love with him. Like, they, they're, yeah. they're in love with him. Cleveland. <laughs> as soon as you saw how they were booing him at this fast preseason game, and I think that gave him a sneak peek. It kind of reminds you of the whole Kobe Bryant thing with the um, – with the Colorado trials, it's like when yeah. you leave your place, you're going to be hated. And then, so I guess some guys that kind of fires them up and make them be more focused. So we'll see what happens with D. Watt. Looks like we're running out of time here. So just got two more things for you. What's going on with this Lamar Jackson? Why is this contract not getting done? And I think the holdup on, the, on Baltimore's end, I think, is simply probably the amount of years Lamar wants and the style of play that he that he has, but. The style of play to me can't hold you up because you've been playing the style of play with them for what three years now, yeah. and you've and, and, and you've loved it so far when it's helped you win games, helped you make the playoffs, and win your division. I think the, the amount of years is probably what they're is probably what they're getting hung up on because I think on for on, in Lamar's case, I would want a shorter amount of I would, I would want a three year deal, three year deal when the TV money re ups, I can go get more money. Um, and I mean, now they're going to be looking to pay him top dollar because there's no way you can, there's no way Colin Murray can make 46 and Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP, um, won multiple division titles, carried you to the playoffs that he doesn't get 48 to maybe $50 million a year. So I think Baltimore may have misjudged it. And the main thing is he should have never gotten to a point where he, he's playing on the last year of his deal. Yeah. After the MVP season, we should have been reading him up right then. And yeah. get him that money because a couple years ago he he would have been making up around what that Prescott makes now, which in that which in his case contracts go obsolete pretty quickly in the NFL. As soon as one guy gets their deal, the next guy up is gonna match it or surpass it, and that contract then becomes obsolete. And you start looking at the overall money. You start well, we got a good deal out of them because we went ahead and paid him early. Baltimore didn't, and now they're gonna pay the price. And I mean, the main thing here is that Lamar Jackson has to continuously play at a high level, which when he played last year before the injuries. He was helping that team. With, I think they were they were the one seed at one point, and a, a pretty good ways through the season. So I think it was in Lamar's case, just keep playing, keep playing ball, keep keep executing, and go get paid. Yep, and they're like, and these new quarterbacks. You have the Joe Burrow one is coming. They've already said they're in communication trying to get that done. Herbert and a lot of the other ones. They're gonna keep resetting the market, and then the, the number will have to be higher. Cause it's like, cause then it's like, oh, well, you can't give me less than him. I gave you MVP, and not to mention, which is a major portion, Lamar Jackson keeps fans in the seats because you're excited about what's going to happen next. If he's playing on Sunday night football, well, everybody's Monday night, but Sunday night, you're definitely tuned in. You're not going to turn the TV off early that night. Last thing, but at least, but uh, I see what Gadebo got his contract. I think everybody was absolutely that. Uh, thoughts on that, and then uh, last but not least is Trey Lance. It is time. Is he ready for to take the to take the helms in uh, San Francisco? 
So quickly on Debo, uh, out of the guys that he got drafted with in 2019, he got the most guaranteed money out of all those guys. Yeah. I look at the guaranteed money DK got and the guaranteed money AJ Brown got. Kind of pales in comparison to those guys. He got a majority of his contract guaranteed. Great job by him to get to get that deal done. Great job by the 49ers organization to not let that linger too long because you got a young quarterback that needs Debo out there on the field. Trey Lance. I think he's exactly what I thought we were gonna. He was gonna be. He's a project coming out. He was a guy that, that didn't play much college football. Only had one year as a starter and was young. He's he's very young in, in, in this year age. So he hasn't played a lot of football. But I think that this year you'll see him. You'll see the flashes of the physical brilliance that he that, that he has. Can he, can he, is he mentally well put together enough to be able to play the course of a 17 game NFL season? That is to be seen. I think we'll see flashes, but I think we'll see a lot of struggles. But I think for everybody, just relax and just let him grow through those things. I think that we, we, it's going to be times where it's going to look ugly. And I think the main thing is keep everybody keep their head on straight and understand that this is a process and that he's still young in, in terms of football year. So just allow him to grow. He has a great supporting cast with Brandon Ayu, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and a coaching staff that knows how to coach around that should know how to coach around quarterback play, quarterback play that kind of keeps them strapped when you I mean when you coach Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. So I think Trey Lance should be fine, but there's gonna be some struggles there for sure. Absolutely. Everybody forgets that even Peyton Manning had like a relieved record interception those for that first year he was in the league. And then I and then obviously too he played in North Dakota State. So he's about as ready as he could be with the limited playing time he got in college, just because we saw how well Carson Wentz translated to NFL coming out of there. And uh, he obviously he worked with Quincy Avery with for quarterbacking heading into the draft. And Quincy was saying like he just gets a lot of those factors. So he'll dot the I's and cross the T's. But as we know, some things only come with the experience. Exactly. But hey, but, hey T's. What an episode. Hey, look, uh, 36 minutes, I think. That was great. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Always great takes. Uh, we're definitely going to have to have you back on here shortly, kind of see how, probably a little bit maybe after week three, week four, see how uh, we absolutely. them on. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Like I said, it's always a great time, bro. It's always fun. Feels, you know, if it, if it, it feels right being over here, man, we, like I said, we, we go back some years. Now you think about the first time we actually were together. It's been it's the been a little block. while, bro. <laughs> it's been a little while, man. So I mean, it's, it's happy to still be keeping in touch with you, in touch with you, man. See how everything's growing. Everybody's growing now. Everybody, everybody's brand is growing. And again, I think in a few years, bro, I think people will see people will see us both where we want to be at as far as this, as far as the sports game, man. I, I I can't. I really can't wait to see what the people get to witness over these next uh, over these next couple of years. Absolutely, man. Hey, you want to go ahead and plug uh, the different shows that you're on? Oh, absolutely, man. So my YouTube channel is Jim Dropper Sports. Uh, you can you can subscribe to me there. Uh, I get my I, I do my own thing where I get my personal takes on some of the hottest things going on or, just, or things that I deem important that I want to put up on the channel. I also have a college football podcast under that channel as well called the College Football Wrap-Up. Those episodes will start coming out in the next week or so I mean, with, with, with the college season being right around the corner. Main thing, the Panthers Nation podcast, P1N Network. Uh, that's the that's the podcast I host with my with, with my classmate and good friend Jack Taylor. Um, started a couple years ago, it's grown now. We we are housed under Panthers Nation on Instagram. If you go on there, Panthers Nation. It's the instead of the instead of the I, it's the it's the number one in place of the I. You can find us there, man. We're on, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, I think on I think Google Podcasts and Amazon as well. So I mean, like, uh, so be sure to go subscribe to us there. And uh, make sure you follow all our social media handles at P1N underscore network. 
Hey, y'all heard it. That's a true pro over there. That man just named like six things he's on. <laughs> hey, good luck to you, man. Hey, we'll see you soon. For sure, man. Be, be easy, man. Yes, sir. Y'all, that's all we have for this week's episode of Matt Sports House. We are out. It's for the soldiers that see the sun at midnight. You dig? Let me slow down. It's so incredible. I go to the grave before I be a bitch, nigga. Better behave, you dealing with some rich niggas. We the law symbol speaking cryptic codes. Ancient wisdom, valuable like gifts of gold. I embark on life, my path is all math. I understand the codes these hackers can't crack. I understand the folks expect me to fold. Community control or violate parole. I won't fail, but a lot of men will. I'm iconic in the field like Solomon's seal. Uh, it's just the intro. Allow my flow time to sink into the temple.